Hi Francis, thanks so much for joining us on Britain's Birth Stories podcast. No problem. Thank you. And would you like to tell us where you're based and who's in your family? Yep, so I'm based in Newcastle and I um, am married to John and we have a daughter, Neve, who's um, 13 months. Amazing. And uh, what's your profession apart from taking care of yourself and your family? Uh, I'm a collections curator. I work for English Heritage. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, so I'm an archaeologist by training. He's gone into museums. Wow, that's great. Okay. Um, right, as much as I'd love to speak about that the whole podcast. <laughs> but, uh, right, let, let's get into your pregnancy first. Um, yeah. Was that something that you'd thought about first or did it just happen for you? Yeah, no, it was, it was planned, so... We always wanted children, but we wanted to kind of wait for, you know, that mythical right time. Whether it's the right time, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to finish my PhD, and I also I have rheumatoid arthritis, and I wanted to get that under control a bit because um, I knew that my medication would have to change when I was pregnant. So I wanted to have a bit of time with my arthritis under control. So, yeah, it was um, kind of planned with military precision in a way because I had to... Um, Liaise with my rheumatology consultant to stop medication before we started trying, and um, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Right, right, and and when you did fall pregnant, how was that for you both? Um, really exciting. It took a bit longer than we'd hoped. Not you know not long. It was only about six months or so. But um, yeah, very exciting. Um, you know, we were completely naive then, obviously. <laughs> we were like, yay! Um, so, yeah, it was um, it was kind of great. And it was really exciting telling all the family and stuff. And, um, yeah, I was very lucky. I didn't um, have any morning sickness. I was pretty well throughout the whole of the pregnancy, really. Yeah. I was able to keep going and doing a lot of stuff, um, you know, keeping working and keeping active. So... I was very lucky in that sense. Mhm, mhm. And in in terms of birth preparation, had you thought much about how and where you'd like to birth at this point? Yeah. So <clears throat> because I have rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease, I was classed as high risk initially. Right. So I was. Um, we have the RVI hospital is is my local hospital. So initially, I was under um, a consultant. So it was always that I would have to go on to the um, delivery suite, which is kind of the upstairs part in the RVI, yeah. um, rather than the birthing centre, you know, the midwife-led one. Yeah. So I had extra appointments with a specialist kind of um, rheumatologist and rheumatology and obstetrics appointments a few times in my pregnancy and extra growth scans just to monitor things because I had to stay on some medication. Um, and I also, because of that, some of the medication and the the arthritis was at higher risk of blood clots, so I had to have injection. I had to, um, I can't remember what they were, but I had to do some injections from about 30 weeks every mm-hmm. day at home to reduce the risk of clotting. But mm-hmm. when I got to 36 weeks, I think it was, um, every, because everything had been so smooth and everything was going really well and the baby looked fine, they signed me off from the consultant, so they said I could go to the birthing suite. Wow. Which was really amazing because until then I thought, oh, there's no chance I'll be able to go in the pool or, you know, have the nice room. And there's a real 
um, disparity in the RBI. The birthing suite centre, sorry, the birthing centre, which is downstairs, yeah. is really new. Right. So all the rooms are lovely. There's a great kitchen. Every room's on suite. You know, they're huge. Lots of them have got, there's quite a few pools. They've all got, you know, double beds for partners to stay over and blah, blah, blah. And it's great. Wow. Whereas the delivery suite, which is upstairs, which is, the, you know, the consultant-led one way, you need to go if you need anything other than um, kind of gas and air almost. I think maybe you can have pethidine downstairs, but that's it. Every, um, if you go upstairs, that's not been updated since, like, the 90s. So it really looks tired. It's four-bed wards. There's a few rooms that don't, for the delivery rooms, some of them don't even have their own toilet. Um, you know, so I was really gutted that I didn't even have the choice to go in the birthing centre but then when they signed me off um, that was really good so then yeah my hope was to um, go into the birthing centre and be midwife led for, for my labour and birth yeah yeah no of course and, and as you've said for the pregnancy overall you, you were fair, feeling fairly good way yeah or was yeah yeah well, you know I had a little bit of heartburn a little bit of indigestion you know a bit uncomfortable but, you know, I kept working, I finished at 37 weeks, but then I still, but I was working really long days and really busy up until then, and on my two weeks before Neve, um, our daughter was born, I was really busy, um, you know, I was getting 10,000 steps in every day, yeah. um, at 38, 39 weeks, and yeah, um, I, was, I had a very smooth pregnancy. Amazing, amazing, and, and in terms of labour, how did that begin for you and progress? So I was it was on the Monday and I was nearly thirty nine weeks. Yes, yeah, so on the Monday night at like tea time, started getting contractions. But I think I don't know if they were Braxton Hicks or just a kind of a false start kind of thing. So they went on for a few hours that evening and then they kinda of tailed off so I got a little bit of sleep. Then nothing on the Tuesday day went out and about, um, and there, but I think I probably lost my mucus plug at some point in that 24 hours, but it wasn't really a big, you know, thing, it was kind of just a little bit of discharge, and then Tuesday night I had the same thing after my, after tea for about five or six hours, it was kind of on and off, and so I didn't get loads of sleep that night, Yeah. then it all died off, and I, um, Wednesday, um, nothing again, um, and then after tea on Wednesday it really started properly, um, and they were ramping up, so then we went, I stayed at home and then went to hospital at 2am on the Thursday morning, wow. because I was, pre I was pretty certain that I wasn't dilated enough, but I was just really struggling and I wanted to see if I could get some more pain relief and just to double check. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I got there, that was 2am, I was two centimetres, right. so they gave me some cocodamol, but then they just put me on the monitor for a little bit just to check baby, and baby's heart was a bit fast, so then they put me on the monitor for about an hour or so, yeah. but then once the pain relief had kicked in a bit, it settled down, so it was just because I was getting stressed, I think. So then we went, we got home about 5am, um, and then we managed at home then till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. We rang up another time, um, and they said, oh, just see if you can last like another hour or so, I'll have a bath, but I couldn't get in, our bath was too small, well, not too small, but I got in, but it was really uncomfortable, so mm -hmm. I had a shower, mm -hmm. washed my hair. And I went in at 2pm, and I was 5 centimetres, so they admitted oh, me yeah. to the birthing centre. Um, 
that was really good. And then just because I was in, I felt a lot better, like I, that they weren't going to send me home again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in the pool. Yeah. And that was just amazing. It was like brilliant. And I had so I went in the pool and had gas and air. Um, and it was brilliant. So that was, so two o'clock I got there. I think I got in the pool at three. And then they examined me at six and I was fully dilated. Amazing, right. Yeah. Um, and that's why I've done um, an online um, hypnobirthing course, the Positive Birth Company. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't, um, I found some of it a bit kind of much, like I wasn't very good at all the positive affirmations and things, but yeah. the breathing was really, I found very useful. And mm-hmm. the midwife in the hospital commented on how good my breathing was actually. Um, and that really helped. And like, honestly, the pool was just magic. I was like having snacks and I was chatting and it was loads better yeah. than being than when I was at home. And I think it was partly, obviously, I had the pool, which is the pain release, isn't it? And the gas and air balls. Mm-hmm. I think partly because I knew I was there and I wasn't having to psych myself up to get in the car yeah. Yeah. to go to hospital kind of thing. <clears throat> so then at six o'clock, so yeah, I got out the pool for them to examine me. And then they said, right, you can have an hour to allow for descent. Right. before you have to start pushing, pushing. So I got back in the pool, but then my temperature and my pulse spiked. Right. So they got me out of the pool. They thought, oh, maybe I was just getting warm in the pool mm-hmm. um, and got me on the bed, which was, like, really rubbish because, obviously, it's not as comfortable as being yeah. in the pool. Yeah. Um, but it didn't go down, so then they kind of rang the buzzer um, and I had to go upstairs. So they put me on a bed and wheeled me upstairs and in the lift. Um, and then that was like a real shock. So in the birthing centre, you can have the lights as dim as you want. You know, there's just you and your birthing partner, which was my husband, yeah. and then the midwife. You know, it's really calm. We'd brought some, like, calming music, and we were just chilling. And the room was really big, and um, because I was in the pool. And then we had to go upstairs, and you're in a room on delivery suite and all the lights are really bright and obviously there's loads of people there they were like yeah. taking my temperature putting a cannula in. They, had, they put me on a drip to try and give me some fluids and and it was just really bad timing because then it was by then it was like maybe i don't know like maybe half seven ish or something so mm-hmm. i've been fully dilated for over an hour so that's when they want you to start pushing right um and so i was starting they want me to try and push um and we, we, was, we were handed over to a different midwife, and um, I don't know if it all felt very rushed, you know, and it's fair yeah, enough because they obviously yeah. wanted to keep an eye on me. But um, I was out of the pool, and I wasn't allowed to gas an air because I was pushing, so I had no pain release then. No. Um, and I was lying on the bed, which is not my preferred position at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I'd be kind of, you know, and they wanted to kind of keep a monitor on the baby, I had you know, had to do that. But then, then the midwife says, can you make, kind of made me put my legs in the stirrups to try and get a better position? But my hips really don't like that for my arthritis. Mm. And I was saying, no, it's really sore. And I think she was just thinking, I was saying, it's really sore because, you know, that stage of labour is really painful. Um, mm. But it wasn't. So I managed to, so I got out of that. Anyway, I was pushing and Neve was descending mm. but, and they could see it, but she just wasn't coming out and she wasn't moving enough. And they brought the doctor in and she was sideways. Right. So the doctor managed to turn her just with a hand, but then she turned straight back, so she wasn't going to come, basically. And this was, like, I'd been pushing for two hours. Right. I think this was, at like, this was, like, maybe, like, half nine by now. Mm-hmm. And my temperature and my pulse was still too high, and they weren't very happy. So 
um, they decided to take me to theatre. Right. So they said they thought it would just be a forceps delivery and with an episiotomy, mm-hmm. but um, I should sign the paperwork for a C-section just in case, you okay. know, um, because they said otherwise we'll have to stop halfway through, you know, and then, you know, it's much better. And then also you're prepared that just in case plan A doesn't work, plan, that's plan B, so it's not as much of a shock. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I signed the paperwork, so they had another drip in my other arm, um, and then I went down to theatre, and they took John away to put, like, um, scrubs on. Yeah. Um, and then when I got in theatre, again, you know, there was just like, but thankfully I had my gas and air back by that point, so it was a little bit better. Yeah. But then I got in theatre, and obviously they're trying to be quite, you know, quick, because they're worried the baby's, you know, been there for a while. So about three people were telling me to do three different things, and I was like, what am I supposed to do? Sorry, that was, like, a bit of a stressful point. Yeah. Um, but then I had, I didn't have an epidural, I had a spinal block. Okay. So I put that in, and obviously that was then amazing, because then I couldn't feel any pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I kept thinking, where's John? Like, where's John gone? And they were like, oh, he's just gone to the toilet. I was like, yeah, what? I was getting really mad at him. But um, he'd gone to just get changed, and then he couldn't get back in. No one came and got him. Oh, um, but thankfully, there was a senior consultant coming in to kind of oversee, and he spotted him outside and brought him in. <laughs> so he didn't miss anything. Oh, um, but yeah, so then <clears throat> they um, did an episiotomy and put the forceps on me, and then I pushed her out, and that was quite quick. It was only about three pushes, I think. Um, but then when she came out because I'd had a temperature they were worried that both of us might have an infection so they had to take her away to get um, an IV into her hand so she could have some antibiotics so John went with her because he didn't want her to be like had a little cuddle and John cut the cord Um, we didn't we kind of wanted to have a bit of delay with the cord cord clamping to try and get as much blood down I think we had a little bit of time but they were just a bit they didn't want to leave it too long because oh just one second yeah no worries yeah um sorry this is my colleague here um yeah so we had we did have a little bit of time before we cut the cord and john cut the cord and i got you know we both got a cuddle on the picture but then they wanted to take her and get antibiotics into her so john went with her while they um finished up um with me it seemed to take quite a long time, and I was like, oh, what's happening? And um, I was bleeding quite a bit, so I lost um, a litre and a half of blood. Um, right. But they managed to stop the bleeding, that was fine, um, mm. eventually. And then I went to recovery, and I was waiting there for Neve and John to come back. Um, and they seemed to be quite a while. Also, that was a bit of a while because they had to try and... They wanted to do... Someone from like the post op teams there, and they come and check on you. And then um, they had to move my bed three times because all the equipment wouldn't work. Oh <laughs> <my>. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite good. It passed the time, you know. Um, kind of distracted me a bit. Um, yeah. yeah. And then John and Neve came, and then we had to stay on recovery until I could feel my legs or move my legs. I can't remember which one. Yeah. Um, and then they took us down to the postnatal ward, which is the four-bed ward. We got to the ward about 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. 
And then they brought us, well, they were going to bring us tea, but they said, oh, we've got hot chocolates. We had hot chocolate and toast, and it was amazing. Oh. As always, everyone always says, don't the toast amazing? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's nice. Yeah, so she was born, at, yeah, 10.30-something on Thursday nights. That was 39 and 2, she was. So she wasn't early or anything, but she was only little. She was £6.12. Right. Oh. And, and, yeah. And, and after all of that, the moving and the her being with John and all of that, how were the first few hours together for you? Well, so then I couldn't still really move very much. Yeah, so yeah. Um, John sat in the chair next to me and fell asleep because he was, you know, obviously exhausted. I just kept checking that she was alive. Yeah. But I couldn't really reach her, but I could, like, just, yeah. And it was just so hot because I still had the temperature then. Yeah. Um, I was just basically sat there in the dark sweating, oh. <laughs> <laughs> listening to the other um, mums, um, yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, around until, yeah, until um, someone came, yeah, and, and breakfast. Had you thought much about feeding, like what you yeah, wanted to do? wanted to breastfeed, that yeah. was always the plan. So on recovery, um, we'd, I'd offered the first feed um, and she'd had a go, you know, she'd done the kind of moving towards the breast and yeah. um, had a go at suckling um, and then... <clears throat> We had a few tries that day again, um, but then at my um, the whole that day was just horrendous because I just felt obviously like complete pants. You know, I'd lost a huge amount of blood and yeah. barely slept for days. I had temperature. Um, I was on a really ward. You know, all the wards are just so warm. There's no privacy yeah. um, on the ward. Yeah. It was so hot and so bright and so noisy. Um, so. Um, someone came and did like the newborn test, but I was not really with it whatsoever. So I don't know what she did. She could have literally made anything up and put it in the book. You know, I'm sure yeah. she didn't. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. she didn't. Um, and um, my mum and dad came and visited. Um, John went home for a little bit to have a shower, and because that's the thing. So if you're on the in the birthing centre downstairs, yeah. you've got your own room, so your husband can stay and have a shower. Yeah. Whereas if you're upstairs on the um, delivery suite, you're on a four-bed ward with one toilet, but visitors can't use that toilet, only patients. Mm-hmm. So they had to go off the ward to go to the toilet, and he hadn't, you know, he hadn't had a shower. And so he went home while mum and dad were there to kind of swap over. But um, mum and dad had gone and left to check into um, their travel lodge, and it was just so noisy. The woman across the way had seemed to have about 17 visitors plus five toddlers. <laughs> Obviously, she didn't have that many, but, it, you know... It was very nice. So I went into like a little day room yeah. and I took Neve in and I think the midwife was a bit like, where's Francis gone with her drip and the baby? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just can't cope in there anymore. It's just horrendous. You know, I was just, I, I couldn't rest. I couldn't, there was no, I was not next to a window. So I had to have my curtains closed to get any privacy, but I meant I get no light, but it was, and it was no air. Um, yeah. So they found me a private room, which was great. Because I don't think I was probably ill enough to warrant a, private room yeah. but I was having a bit of a breakdown um and because then it's a good job because really, in the end we were in hostel for six days so yeah. don't think I could have lasted on the ward for six days oh yeah definitely not no. It, no. it's just it's almost a, a bit bizarre in my opinion that 
like sort of if you if you go back in history as as you would know women usually were quite secluded and isolated yeah. when they gave birth and I would assume immediately after so to then chuck them in a room <laughs> filled yeah. with people with yeah no you know I can sort of completely understand you know yeah. they haven't got enough staff to have four women who need care yeah, in individual definitely. rooms blah, 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 you know I completely understand but it is just horrific <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm used to quite a lot of quiet too. time you know, at home we've not, you know, I'm used to having some of my own space yeah. and being on a ward. Um, yeah. And like I say, yeah, this woman over the way, yeah. you know, and visiting hours from 2 p.m. till 8 p.m. Yeah. So it's a long time. And they literally had, there was no one controlling the numbers. So yeah. it was awful. Yeah. yeah. No and I hadn't slept for about three days. Of course. Of course. And it, and it is true. It, it is so unfortunate that there are, what I assume is understaffed and even maybe the facilities that probably don't even have the space to have individual rooms for every single person which is what they deserve in reality yeah yeah, of course that must have been tough but I'm glad to hear that you got your own space oh yeah and you know they were they were great um it was really good Mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah so after the kind of first few kind of good attempts by neither feed and it all went downhill right. <laughs> um she just really struggled mm-hmm. um to latch um i don't know you know she didn't have tongue tie or anything like that she just really struggled with it um and so, so she was born, born on the thursday night um and on a saturday kind of early evening someone came in to check on us and i was like oh can we just do a heel prick glucose test on you she doesn't look great and they were, her blood sugars were too low, so yeah. they said we either have to give a bottle of formula or uh, put a feeding tube in. And because we were really keen to do breastfeeding, and we didn't want to get her confused with the bottle, we opted for the feeding tube because we also thought it was quicker yeah. and she'd be able to get the calories in because she'd still have to learn to feed from a bottle. And I think yeah. that was one of the problems. She was trying to feed from me, which is burning calories, but they're not getting you know enough in. Yeah. So she had a feeding tube in, and she had three feeds that way. Um, and we kept trying, um, and really good in Newcastle, they have two nursery nurses yeah. who are just there just for advice on breastfeeding. Well, you know, any feeding, but obviously they give most, they're often most needed for breastfeeding on mm-hmm. um, every shift, and they are brilliant, um, nice. really good. Um, but yeah, it was good, but then it's also because we were there over the weekend, there was lots of different, we saw someone different every 12 hours. Yeah. You kind of got lots and lots of different advice, which sometimes is good, but sometimes, well, the way I am, I like to be given some instructions, know that those instructions will work and follow them, and then that will yeah. solve the problem, which obviously yeah. that's not how it works with a baby or breastfeeding. But, so it was kind of stressful because Neve wasn't getting it. But um, we got there, I had to get uh, use nipple shields for a couple of weeks, but then... Um, we did get the hang of it, but, um, yeah, so on day five, they do that way, don't they, in day mm-hmm. five, and she'd lost 11.5% of her birth weight, so they didn't let us go home. We were yeah. going to go home that day because she'd lost too much of her birth weight. They wouldn't let us go home, so we were on this, you know, really strict feeding regime of let her feed at the breast for 20 minutes and then top her up um, when we were trying to use a cup or a syringe again. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, we were like, no, we're not going to use a bottle because we don't want her to get 
you know, yeah, yeah. confused with a bottle, what's, you know, all the things we'd read in, in our NTT class. Um, so we finally got home on, yeah, day six at tea time. Yeah. And, mm. yeah, and then, yeah, was, uh, and they're also really, at the RVI, they have, um, a, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but basically it's kind of a breastfeeding clinic or support thing. So we went back in the next week for kind of a checkup. We were registered yeah. with them so we could go in. Um, and we went back in and actually by the time I'd gone back in there, I'd almost got, come off the breast, uh, the nipple shields. Um, so, amazing, amazing. Yeah, and she'd, she'd got back to her birthday, I think, like, just after two weeks, maybe. Great, yeah. Which was really, like, good, yeah, was really good after the start we had. Like, it yeah. was really stressful, you know, because um, we were both on IV antibiotics for, like, 48 hours, and I, yeah, really struggled. They didn't give me um, a blood transfusion because my mm. iron levels weren't quite low enough. But, yeah, I think um, it took me a long time to recover from the labour. Of course, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's that's a great point. In in terms of postnatally, how was all of that for you, for your recovery, mentally, physically? How was it? Well, physically, after you know, they nothing came back in the cultures or our bloods about what infection we had. But there was obviously I had something, you know, because um, I was you know had temperature and stuff and felt really grotty for a few days yeah. out, out with just being exhausted from the labour and blood loss but once I kind of got over that even you know I had stitches and the episiotomy and everything but they yeah. healed really well I was really lucky with that you know I didn't get any infection mm-hmm. nothing nothing kind of um yeah I was really lucky um again I recovered really quickly when I think how grotty I felt on like day one two three yeah. um getting, yeah, kind of back out, you know, getting some fresh air um, every day and things. But, yeah, um, it was just the sleep, lack of sleep was just horrific. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. kind of up to about week four, it was all right. Yeah. Like, it was really, really tiring, but it was kind of okay. And then from week five, I just, it was, I found it really difficult mentally. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, and I'm still, I still struggle now, really, um, um end up getting um, counselling through, um, there's a charity called Children's North East that offer, and yeah, um, it's been really, really hard. Um, I've just not coped well with it, and I think part of it is the need to sleep, but part of it is just, yeah, um, very tricky. I think you build up a lot what having a baby's going to be like, and I, you know, I'm the five now yeah sorry I forgot how old I was <laughs> 35 now nearly 36 and you know I've sort of been kind of waiting a long time to have a baby and um yeah really thought I would enjoy it a lot more than I have like I knew it was going to be hard but yeah. um yeah it's been really hard yeah what well, good for you though for for reaching out and trying to find a service that that can help you though because not many people do that so that yeah well yeah so in in like December I knew it was really bad I went to my GP and they referred me to perinatal mental health and then I was really lucky they had like a cancellation so I got an appointment that next day um but I kind of I apparently wasn't quite I went and had a chat with them and you know they do a interview in your school and I wasn't bad enough to kind of need their help 
said I kind of fell through the cracks of it. Right. So I went back and I said, can you refer me to something else? And then it was it was actually the first week of lockdown that I, managed, that I got the phone call to say I'd managed to get to the top of the list of the counselling. Right. So it took four months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I knew it wasn't right, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So. And, and it's, as much as it, it does sound really difficult, it, it is still great that you're able to understand yourself well enough to say, right, this is not right and this is not what should be happening or should be going on in terms of myself. You know, so it's, it is it is refreshing to hear that you do know yourself that well. Yeah, yeah, I think I just, you know, my husband could, you know, it's like, it's not me, it's not just that I'm tired or, you know, yeah. etc. It just, yeah, I was just, yeah, so miserable. <laughs> Well, honestly, I'm really thankful that you've come on today and and shared all of this. And it it can be difficult for some or or maybe hard to relive and and go through. But I'm so thankful that you've come on. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, I think it's really important, um, particularly because I've had such a hard time, you know, coping with um, this coming at mum, I think it's just really important to tell everyone else that yeah. you can get through the other side and it is better and it's okay to ask for help. Definitely. I think too many people, there's lots of people going, oh, you know, motherhood's great, oh, I haven't slept, but oh, isn't she beautiful? And now people would, you know, post photos of me and go, oh, she's so beautiful. I was like, yeah, I'd rather she slept, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I can imagine. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, I think it's quite important to be honest about it. There's too much stigma around mental health. Of course. And, you know, postnatal mental health as well. Definitely, definitely. And and I'm glad to hear that you're taking those steps for yourself also, because that's so important. Yeah, going back to work has been good. Great. Tiring, but definitely, yeah, makes me feel a lot more like myself. Yeah, yeah, Um. Still, thank you. Even though you're in work and you've you've still got Neve and and everything going on, you've still had made the time to come on here. Thank you so much. That's no, all right. <laughs>